Phoenix Suns begin a busy week of home games on Tuesday night against the Golden State Warriors. Let's get into our audio feed exclusive game preview. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past seven seasons, a writer at suns.com and the host of the Just Basketball Show, wherever you get your podcasts. A big thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen pregame as I preview the Suns-Warriors matchup on Tuesday night at 8 o'clock local time only for Locked On Suns audio subscribers. Thank you for being here. Thank you for starting your game day here. Come back each and every game day the rest of the season to this audio feed where there will be a game preview episode, a little bite-sized snippet. And let's get underway. We're going to start with the Suns on defense today, which is not what we normally do, but I actually think that's where this game is going to be decided. Right now, the Golden State Warriors are 15th on offense. The Phoenix Suns are 14th on defense. And it's been another season where Steph Curry drives the the Warriors offense in a major way. Andrew Wiggins, Klay Thompson, those guys still fluctuate night to night as far as what they're going to give the Warriors. The Warriors' one strength on offense is offensive rebounding, aside from, obviously, Curry's greatness. Other than that, they turn the ball over quite a bit. They get to the free-throw line at a decent rate, and they are not an amazing shooting team. So, what do you have to do to beat them? What you have to do to beat them, they are lowest in the... NBA in terms of at-rim shots. So this is not a matchup that's going to punish Yusuf Nurkic. I think he's going to be a key here uh, because he can use what he does on offense. We'll get to that in the next segment. What they do is they take a lot of jump shots this year. They take the most threes in the NBA and they make the 12th most. They also do finish at the basket when they get there, but I still just don't think it's, it's the biggest concern. So, you have to have an answer for Jonathan Kaminga. Sorry. You have to have an answer for Steph Curry. Jonathan Kaminga's in my head as the next point to make. You have to have an answer for Steph Curry, and I think Josh Okoge is going to start this game, which brings us to the health update. As the Suns are on defense, the biggest absences that will be felt, Nasir Little, Kevin Durant, both out. Little has the orbital fracture and the concussion. Durant has the ankle sprain that he missed last game with. He will also uh, potentially, we'll see how they progress if they play tomorrow, but there is a back-to-back. And then Grayson Allen, who I don't think is going to factor in too much with the, on the defensive end being gone, but we'll talk about his absence more in the next segment. So that's where the Suns are. They're going to be lacking some size and some switchable defenders. But again, I think Kokogi will start. The Suns get Bradley Beal back, of course. I'll get more into that in the next segment, but I love this defensively for Beal as well. Again, if Okogie starts as the Curry chaser, it's not to say that he'll end the game, but regardless of 
who's on the court, the Suns are going to switch a lot. The, the Warriors kind of make you do that because of how many screens they set and how difficult it is to guard those screens straight up. You know, going through them, going under them, going over them. You can't really guard them that way. You're going to have to switch. And I like that challenge for everybody, but I would say especially Beal. There's going to be moments where he's guarding Clay Thompson running around screens or Andrew Wiggins in isolation or Steph Curry in isolation or, or, or off screens. And what can he do? The Suns were able to protect him for the most part against the teams that he played outside of the Thunder in the first go-round, and I don't think he looked good defensively against the Thunder in similar types of situations. So we will have to see how that goes. I think a couple of other things to look at as far as the Warriors on offense, the Suns on defense is a couple of guys who are playing more than they were the last time these teams faced off about three weeks ago. In particular, Kaminga, who I accidentally said the name of a moment ago, Brandon Pajemski, although I think he played a decent amount in the last one, and then Dario Saric. So Moses Moody has been playing less. Chris Paul is active, though, here in this game, so maybe Pajemski goes lower. But really, it's it's Kaminga and it's Saric, okay? Both of those guys can mash the offensive glass. In the Warriors' last game, they combined for 12 offensive rebounds. And they both add more size, physicality, and I mean that on offense, too, to the Warriors' attack, right? Sharich is somebody who can get into a dribble handoff situation and be more of a dual threat than a Kavon Looney could be, right? He's, he's more of a, of a bigger Draymond than he is a, a Kavon Looney replacement. The Warriors playing Sharich more than Looney lately is, a, is an offensive decision. And predictably, Sharich has been very good for this team. He can space, he can playmake, and again, he's big. He can get in the offensive glass and post up a little bit and, and just bring a different element to what the Warriors do. Kaminga... I mean, look, he's just an athletic force. He's a he's an overwhelming player to try to corral. And when he is out there with the starters in a smaller lineup, you know, Steph, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins, Kaminga, or even Kaminga on the floor for Wiggins or Thompson, that provides a, a much different switching decision for the Suns. And if the Suns choose to match size for size, if they dare certain players to shoot by helping off of guys who, you know, maybe Wiggins or Kaminga or Draymond that are shooters. I mean, these are all things the Warriors have seen, but they are less able to make you pay for those things now because their best players are older, less dynamic, and their young players are inconsistent. What are the Suns? How do the Suns approach that? Can they keep the Warriors off the offensive glass? How do their players hold up and switch? And what do they do against Curry? Can they keep a Kogi and Goodwin and guys like that on the court against the Warriors long enough to keep Curry in check? Or do they have to put a weaker defender like a Beal or Booker on Curry? That's what the big questions will be for this game. I think that's what will decide this game. 
I think if the Suns can hold the Warriors to somewhere in the neighborhood of their offensive rating for the season, which again is 115.1, they will be on their way to a victory. But let's jump to the other side, where Beal has the biggest chance to affect the game, where Durant's absence will be missed even more, and where keeping a Kogi on the court may prove to be a question mark, and that's when the Suns are on offense. We'll do that after a quick break. Closing out the show, thank you again for listening to a Locked on Suns audio feed exclusive game preview for Suns Warriors. The Suns on offense this year are 10th, 117.3 offensive rating. The Warriors have a 114.4 defensive rating. And so because it's the end of the floor where the two teams are best, you would think maybe I'm silly for focusing on the other end first right? But I actually just don't think the Warriors can slow the Suns down. Maybe that makes me crazy, but I just don't see it. And and in particular, I don't think that they have an answer for Devin Booker. I think that they just don't have enough individual defenders who can check him anymore. You know, at one point, this team had, even, you know, before the Suns were at their peak, but Andre Godala, Clay Thompson, when he was pre-injury Clay, even a couple of years ago, you would have put Andrew Wiggins, you would have said Draymond on switches, all these different options the Suns had. And I will say this is the first time Draymond has played. Gary Payton is a name that you're probably thinking of. He's out for this game, so that should help the Suns too. Maybe aggressive, efficient switching that doesn't allow Booker to get ahead of steam can be what slows him down finally for this Warriors team. But I'm not optimistic that happens. I think that Booker will be able to get to his spots tonight without much of an issue. In the last game these teams played, he was only 5 of 15, but he was at 10 assists and he got to the free throw line 14 times. Had 25 points, nearly a triple-double. Obviously, on opening night, he had the magical fourth quarter. I just don't think this team can stop him from getting downhill, getting where he wants to to set up his teammates, get to the basket to finish or get fouled, even get to the mid-range or a pull-up three. I just think Booker's going to eat tonight. And that brings us to Nurkic. No Allen, no Durant, that'll hurt, but... Another aspect of these pick and rolls and and the Warriors' lack of an answer there is that I think Nurkic on the short roll, yes, the help coming from Draymond and everything else will make a difference, but this team is not getting a lot out of of Looney. We know Sharich is not somebody who's going to execute blitzes and things like that all that well. And so getting the ball to Nurkic on the roll or the pop is going to be a weapon for the for the Suns tonight. And as long as he's making quick decisions, the ball can move faster than the defense, and I think he can be a big playmaking hub for this team too, which will allow the last person I want to talk about, Bradley Beal, to flourish. I think Beal has a big night tonight. I really do. I think it'll look different because in the first set of games that he played where he was only getting to... to, to match up with, I guess I should, you know, 
play alongside Durant, it wasn't maximizing him because aggressive Beal next to Durant requires the ball in his hands, requires him to force some things, make some plays he's not comfortable with. Not to say Beal can't have the ball in his hands, but that's not a great environment to return to the court in without much other playmaking and having to figure out on versus off ball. Like That is going to be a difficult evolution for him. To have this team's point guard in place is going to be a sigh of relief for for Bradley Beal tonight. I would imagine he doesn't have the ball in his hands much at all initiating offense because he barely did, at least at the start of games, against or with Durant. So he certainly won't with Booker. And maybe there's some second units. We'll see how they stagger these two guys. We'll see how many minutes Beal even plays. But I think when he's out there with Booker, you will see Beal used as a screener, as a cutter, as an off-ball movement shooter, and a release valve. And I still think he could get up 15 to 20 points on efficient offense tonight. With that said, I kind of hope he doesn't, you know, push it in transition, try to draw contact, because I don't think he has to. Booker can do that. Even Gordon can do that. We know Kogi will be out there. Transition-wise, he can do that. Goodwin. So, That's my hope and my vision for what Beal can do. But when you stack up Booker, Nurkic, Beal, and hopefully enough shooting and offensive rebounding, I think the Suns can can be good enough on offense. They scored 123 on this team last time. On opening night, they put up only 108. I think the Suns can score 120 and, and win. And I think as long as their defense can click... They'll win this game. That'll wrap us up. Thanks for listening. More tomorrow, back-to-back at Footprint Center. So catch the next Locked on Suns audio feed exclusive game preview show Wednesday afternoon. And don't forget to tune in for Wednesday's regular show recapping Suns Warriors.